WAJR AM and FM. This is the talk of the town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the talk of the town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi. Good morning. Welcome into the program. Day one of week two of the comeback. Dave and Sarah with you. Hope you had a great weekend. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255, 304-TALK, 304 is the phone number. Plenty of time to, oh, sorry about that. Plenty of time to hear from you today. Give us a call, send us a text. Uh, we're on the Twitter at Dave and Sarah AM, our Twitter handle. We're going to chat with Brad McElhenney, Metro News Statewide Correspondent. I thought today, uh, good morning, Sarah, by the good way. Good morning, Dave. Almost forgot. I thought today would be a good day since it's day one of week two. Do a little bit of a reset to see where we are, what is ahead as far as businesses that are permitted to reopen, what we are working toward for week three. And I thought, who better to explain all of that than the man who is immersed in gubernatorial executive orders than Brad McElhinney. So we'll chat with Brad, kind of do a little bit of a reset here on this uh, Monday morning. A uh, couple of things, and we're going to take a little bit of time eh, this segment, maybe in the second half, maybe maybe the 9.30 segment, because the governor removed three counties from the hotspot list. Uh, Kanawha, ooh, I'm doing this off the top of my head, Kanawha, Jackson, and Ohio counties. Monongalia, Marion, and Harrison counties remain on the list of uh, hotspot counties, and that does have some implications. Uh, we're still reopening, but there are some implications. We're going to talk about those as we move forward as well. Plenty of time to take your calls, text, and tweets. Sarah, I, I lived a mostly social-free media. Or, wait a minute. Back that up. A mostly social media-free, mm-hmm. I got the words in the correct order that time, weekend. Okay. However, at some point in preparation for a Monday, sometimes Sunday afternoon, you have to kind of get Absolutely. I spend you know a little bit of time, get an idea where we're going to go forward on this show. Even though most days it, I, you probably don't get that impression, <laughs> uh, but I was just scrolling through social media and I started to see these uh, horror stories of people being out in public and they're, you know, they're not people aren't social distancing, they're not wearing masks, they're not being respectful, and I can only draw off my own experiences and my own observations, so they're purely anecdotal. So take them for what it's worth. But I wanted to share my experience about going out in public. Okay. And honestly, and I rarely ever will admit this, it was borderline enjoyable. Okay. Several times, I've been designated the grocery shopper Mm -hmm. because my wife figures I've been going to work every day. If anybody's going to be exposed, it needs to be me. I don't understand her logic, but (laughs) she's been, you know, she has, you know, she's been working from home. She's like, hey, if you're going to be out, go to the grocery store. That's fine. That's fine. Makes sense to me. I've been to the grocery store. I've had to go to Lowe's to get mm-hmm. to some necessary things for some home repairs. And my experience, mm-hmm. quite honestly, people have been more courteous than pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. They've been respectful. In fact, I was telling you out of force of habit the other day, I was leaving an establishment and I held the door for the person behind me. And they stopped. And I went, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, force of habit, because they didn't want to get within six feet of me. We both laughed. By the way, it's great. I don't have to be kind anymore. It's fabulous. <laughs> I don't have to. All those little niceties used to do, you know, 
hey, you want me to get you something while I'm at the fridge here in the office? I don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Don't have to hold doors for people anymore. It's, it's fantastic. But people have been, again, this is my experience, they've been courteous. I had to wait in line to get at Lowe's. I didn't hear people grumbling or causing a fuss. We, we stood in line, and we waited. Most people, in fact, are wearing some type of mask or facial covering, and they're, they're dealing with it. They're standing pretty close to the markers on the floor as we wait to get through the checkout lines. I haven't seen, now, I'm not accusing anybody of making stories up. I'm just saying, my experiences to this point. Did you point, go out this weekend? Uh, I went to the grocery store. Or are, go these, to the grocery are store. these experiences pre the announcement from the governor? This that, was, I mean, this was last week. So here's, here's what I have experienced. Mm-hmm. After the announcement came from the governor's office, which said that we were going to be, as of today, the 4th, changing some of the policies, lightening things up a little bit. We're starting to see some more businesses open. Week two has begun. There was confusion about that um, because, as you know, a lot of people don't listen to the full press conference. What they do is they catch one tiny little clip, and that's what they take for gospel. And so there was a lot of confusion where people said, oh, we're we're all reopened. We're good to go. Um, I mean, we had even anecdotally, random people sending messages to the gym saying, okay, so can we, and not even our members, because we've been very clearly communicating with members, but people outside saying, can I come into your gym today? Well, no, we're no, we're, we're not on the open list yet. And we have at least another week before we will be. But see, people weren't necessarily seeing those things. And so I think that there was some confusion whenever we went from stay home to safer home, where some folks thought, okay, now it's just things are, quote, unquote, back to normal. And I'll tell you, I went to the grocery store on Saturday, and I did not have the experience you're you're describing. I had the experience, and I didn't go on Facebook and talk about it, but I did go home to my husband and say, I think people are confused. (laughs) Now, to be fair, the specific grocery store I went to is known for having a younger demographic. And I do think that some of this could be um, just the demographic that was there. But when I went in, with the exception of the staff, there were very few people wearing masks. Most people, I would argue, I, I actually have no hesitation saying the word most, were not paying attention to which way the arrows were pointing and all of that. And it's almost as if it was just, you know, normal shopping pre-COVID-19. So my experience was very different, but again, I think this is going to be part of the problem. Everybody's going to have different experiences, so don't take to heart what you see on Facebook. Um, But remember, we just started week two today, and there are still very specific guidelines in place. It shouldn't be an all or nothing scenario. What we're doing is phasing things back in. And so, you know. If you're paying attention to the full message and not just listening to one five-second soundbite that you heard on Facebook that said, oh, we're no longer stay home, we're now safer home, I I just think that there was a lot of confusion around that. Well, i got to go to Lowe's today again, so I'll let you know tomorrow. And is Lowe's still having people... Right, your last experience, you waited outside yeah, and so many people went in. in. Yeah. See, I think when there's a place that has pretty stringent policies right now, I actually think that helps. Uh, for example, the the Kroger's that 
Kroger's. I shouldn't have said the specific. The grocery stores that have. Um, well, they have specific. Kroger They does. do. They do. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, when there is, you have to go in this side to enter, you have to exit on this side, you have to, the second you walk in, you know, okay, they've got very specific policies. I think sometimes um, some of the places that have been a little bit more lenient, you're just going to see more lenient behaviors, which that is a choice that that company has made. That's fine. And again, I'm not talking about Kroger. Kroger's been, I think, pretty on top of it. Anyway. Right. I'll report back. Going on yeah, assignment let us today. Know. Let us know. I'll be undercover today at Lowe's. I got to get some, you know, you start one project, which ultimately leads to another <laughs> project that you didn't anticipate. Yeah. Own yeah. a home, they said. It'll be a great investment, they said. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, Brad McElhinney going to join us next. We'll ask him, what does it mean that we're on day one of week two? We'll talk to Brad next. Time for your calls, texts, and tweets as well. 915, Dave and Sarah just getting the week started. We're talking about your town on WAJR. 800-765-TALK is the phone number. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. We'll have time for your calls, texts, and tweets coming up in just a bit. Joining us now on the program, the one and only Metro News statewide correspondent, Brad McElhenney. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, everyone. How you Wait, doing? Is everyone you or is Sarah there, too? Uh, Sarah's right it's there. It's me, too. Oh, great. Good morning, especially, Sarah. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Brad, how's it going uh, working from home this week? Still still hanging in there? Oh, man. So my 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 snack situation is, you know, pretty good. They're, yeah. they're just over there a couple of rooms away and usually plentiful, although, you know, if you got to put on your uh, emergency gear to go out and get more snacks, that's, that's kind of a situation. <laughs> but I'm, overall, I'm in good shape. We are in day one of week two. What does that mean? <laughs> That's a loaded question. Week one it? went fast. Yeah. Week one went fast, didn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, well, I mean, to, to get back to week one, just quickly, that was the resumption of um, elective procedures for various kinds of dentistry and physical therapy and, you know, all the stuff that, that went by the wayside for a while. But even that is still gearing up. I mean, the governor began to allow it late last week, but he he made pretty clear that he was leaving it to the individual uh, sector or the individual office. And so dentists, for example, are still gearing up, um, still assessing their amount of protective gear for the various dental offices in West Virginia. So they're not really coming online until at least a week from today. Uh, But it is week one of day no day one of week two and so that opens up the possibility of more more things um small businesses 10 or less um 10 or fewer employees uh restaurants for outdoor dining um uh there was another one churches worship services can begin later this week oh yeah and haircuts you can get your haircut dave um don't have to worry about it here buddy you can go to the beauty salon, Dave, or the barbershop, or, um, you know, get your nails done. But you've got to do it. If you're like me and you don't actually plan these things and, and you've been like, I'm just going to walk in there and see if they'll take me. You've got to make an appointment now and you got to wait in your car until they call you or text you or let you know somehow that it's time to come in. Uh, and all these things are going to be 
different than they were a few months ago. Uh, you know, what I what I really kind of wonder is this is the first step for restaurants, and uh, they've been allowed to do takeout, of course, but now can do outdoor dining. But how many are really equipped to do outdoor dining? And those that didn't necessarily have a, a veranda or a patio before, are, are they making do some other way? I mean, is there adjacent property where some can put out a tent, and is that worth it for them to do? Um, and then small businesses of 10 people or under are, are supposed to uh, take extra steps for social distancing and for cleanliness that they wouldn't have had to do before. Um, so, for example, the, the guidelines show uh, employees that, that return under those circumstances are supposed to be screened each morning. Do you have a fever? Uh, do you have a cough? Are you feeling all right? And maybe those are the kinds of things where we work in a close-knit office we do anyway, you know, check on each other. But but what I do wonder is, in practice, how many businesses will, will really stick to that guideline hard and fast each day? You know, somebody with a clipboard at the door, like, do you have a fever? <laughs> you look strange. Well, I always look strange. You know, how, how, how casual will it become um, if it's not done at first? You know, is it going to lapse? Uh, and then, you know, there are more questions coming up. Weeks three through six, it's, it's practically everything else, but the governor kind of left it open to say, well, we're going to take that as it comes and we'll let you know a week ahead of time what is opening up that next week. I guess we'd get that kind of word today, maybe. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a gradual opening up um, and it's something the governor says needs to be done to, to try to get the economy going. Uh, frankly, people are uh, cooped up so much that, that people will probably burst forth anyway at this point. Um, but But the governor tries to balance that by urging caution. You know, we're, we're going to open up, but uh, he wants people to continue washing the hands, wearing the masks, uh, maintaining those social distances. Um, if you're returning to work, I guess I would be cautious about uh, the sort of typical communal places, you know, being careful about the office kitchen and that kind of thing. Uh, so it, it's that balancing act for communication for the governor and other state leaders telling people, well, the restrictions are not hard and fast the way they used to be, but you've got the personal responsibility, uh, you know, to continue to be careful. And, and for a point of clarification, you were saying this, but I just want to reiterate. So there are a number of businesses that have not been able to open yet, and we'll see that in weeks three through six. We still don't know exactly when certain businesses will fit. Will it be week three? Will it be week five? Um, but even if they have less than 10 employees, for example, because I own one, a gym is still not open even if you have less than 10 employees. So there's been some confusion around that, too, where folks are reaching out perhaps to some of their local businesses, places that they used to frequent and going, okay, you should be up and running Monday. It's like, no, 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 We're still a week three to six organization. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there are other things like that, too. Um, so churches, what the governor's guidelines currently say is we're not going to have gatherings still of 25 or more people. So unless you go to a very small church or a very small synagogue or whatever, um, you know, you, you're going to be more crowded than that. So the governor specifically, uh, with his words, said last week, well, churches don't count as the 25 or, or, or fewer. Uh, but people are sending me messages about Little Leagues and, and summer kids sports. Uh, sporting events are, are listed in the we don't have a timeline yet. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, you know, is that the Mountaineers? Is it minor league baseball? Or does it even, 
is it even for your Little League baseball team? Um, still kind of unclear. But, yeah, weeks three through six include office and government buildings, specialty retail stores, parks and restrooms and facilities of parks, um, gyms, fitness centers, recreation centers, that's you, uh, dine-in restaurants, hotels, casinos, uh, spas and massage parlors, and remaining small businesses. And the guidelines say they will be announced at least one week prior to reopening. And I think that indicates an assessment also. You know, if we were to have some sort of uh, spike or, or, or something that would be a danger sign, the governor has res- reserved the right to pause things or, or slow down or even reverse. Uh, so, you know, kind of hold tight on some of these three through six things. TBD. You know, I want to add something, too, about the churches. I can say that the church that I attend has decided not to reopen at this time because one of the, well, a couple of the points that were added in uh, talked about child care within the church. So if you have a nursery or you have a kids program where you kind of send the kids there so that you can actually, as a congregation, hear what is happening or not be distracted by children, um, those have have some pretty specific guidelines now. And because we have a younger demographic, we have a lot of young families, a lot of kids in our church, it didn't make sense for us to reopen until we can put the kids program back into place. So even some of those mm. things sort of have trickle down effects. If you really look at what the guidelines are and you are an organization that's following those, which I guess my next question would be, and I don't I don't know that you have an answer to this, but how how will these be? they're just guidelines, right? How will they be enforced? So if one business chooses to follow all of the strict guidelines, but another doesn't, does it matter? Do they get in trouble? How's that work? You know, it's, it seems to me that as a practical matter, it's the honor system. And I think honestly, the governor and his staff have made reference to the honor system uh, with maybe some uh, checking in by local authorities, but, you know, to me, it would be like if you're really in abuse of, of something, you know, if you're mm-hmm. crowding people into your gym, um, you know, and, and licking the weights or, right. or something. Um, <laughs> and then posting videos you know, then, of that then, online. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you might take a chance. I mean, it's kind of like me. If, I, if I'm if i in a 60-mile-an-hour zone and I'm going 65, I, I think I'm pretty safe, even if I blow right past a cop. But if I'm going 80 in that zone or 85, you know, I'm, I'm going to get pulled over probably. So, yeah, if you are, are really, really in abuse, then, then that's the case. And so the governor has made it clear also that, that you may reopen if you fall into these categories. You don't have to, uh, kind of like your church. Uh, meanwhile, the church guidelines um, are, are just guidelines. The, the governor is, is really steering clear of telling churches and synagogues and mosques what to do because you know, that's the First Amendment issue. But, but there are recommendations for adding additional service times, uh, trying to encourage those who do attend uh, to sanitize their hands or put on a mask. Uh, ushers and greeters are recommended to have uh, gloves and masks. Uh, so, you know, and even, even the simple handshake, which is a nice part of going to a worship service, like greeting people, making them feel welcome. Uh, yeah, I would think that might be curtailed for a while. You know, you're probably not going to offer the peace or or say you will say welcome but you won't offer a hearty handshake or a hug i don't think don't have to be nice anymore hey brad we got to hit the break thank you very much stay well we'll find out more uh 12 30 this afternoon governor's briefing thanks you guys thank you brad mcelony mention new statewide correspondent coming up 
Glenville, prisons. We'll talk about that in hot spots as well. Let's get an update from the Metro News Anchor Desk. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Montague, Marion, Harrison counties are still considered hot spots. We'll tell you what that means coming up in just a moment. Over the weekend, there were protests uh, in Montague County just off the I-68 exit in Saberton. Uh, union workers or workers from uh, FCI Hazleton and FCI Gilmer protesting, showing their opposition to the Federal Bureau of Prisons' decision to use those facilities as quarantine locations. Um, to the best of my knowledge this morning, uh, there had not been any prison transfer prisoner transfers to Hazleton. There had been uh, transfers to the facility in Gilmer County. In fact, one of those inmates had tested positive for COVID-19. Mary calling in this morning. Good morning, Mary. Hey, good morning. How are you? Doing well. What's on your mind, Mary? Hey, I just wanted to let you know, first of all, not one inmate tested positive, but so far four have. Okay. That's that's when new these, information to when me. These inmates, when these inmates arrived at our facility in Glenville, West Virginia, that has zero COVID-19, and our governor has been preaching and preaching that we're such a vulnerable population, when all 124 of those inmates arrived, they were all jacked up on Tylenol and Mucinex, and as soon as they got off the bus, three of those inmates started complaining that they were sick, and we sent one of them out to Stonewall Jackson Hospital, and the hospital called us back, and they were mad at us because we had sent out a COVID-19 patient. And our governor is telling us that we have all kinds of PPEs in this facility. This facility, what we have is used bed sheets that the inmates had taken and made masks. You can hold up the bed sheets and you can read through them, and those are the masks that we're supposed to be wearing. Mary, I don't want you to give away too much info, but it sounds like, do you work in the prison? Yes. And yes. Okay, okay, so give me an idea then. What are you dealing with with this influx of inmates? Well, first of all, they were supposed to be quarantined, and after day two, they're all out mixed in with the population. They're, they're out there. There's nobody quarantined. And whenever we get inmates in, we always take them up in the front door. They go down around the administration and into receiving. This busload of inmates, they took them around back, and we brought them in the back way so that nobody even knew they came in. We have no protection here whatsoever for our employees and even for the inmates. I mean, the concern is for every, everybody. Now this what what we have is a mask made out of used bed sheets, one layer mask used bed sheets. I know the governor spoke in opposition. I know Senators Capito and Manchin have spoke out. Patrick Morrissey was at that rally on, I believe, it was Saturday afternoon. What do you do at this point, Mary? What are you doing at this point? We pray. We pray mm. because our our community is full of older retired people. You know, the inmate population, of course. We're worried about the inmates as well, but what we take home to our families, I have two young children at my home, and what I take home to my family, because all I have is a used bed sheet for protection, you know, I dare our governor or mansion or any of these people to come into our prison and really take a look at it. You know, our administrator is supposed to meet with us today and have a talk with us, 
but talking isn't going to get this COVID-19 under control. And, and for, for, the, for, the, for, for them to accept inmates that were jacked up on Tylenol Mucinex just to hide their symptoms, these inmates are squealing like pigs. They're talking about how sick they have been, and yet they brought them into our prison system that had zero, our community that had zero. Yeah, I thought I the mean, point. That, what, that just, yeah, Mary, I thought the point when this all started break was these were new. Uh, aren't these supposed to be new inmates who uh, need to be tested for in quarantine for fourteen days? That that this doesn't sound like yeah, that's, that's the what, case. That's what it was. That's what it was supposed to be. But zero of these inmates were even tested. The first test was done at Stonewall Jackson when we sent this inmate out. So the very first test was done after we sent them to the hospital, after they exposed all of us. The first test was done at the hospital at Stonewall Jackson. Well, Mary, uh, you and know what? Not being quarantined. Yeah. It's, it, we'll, we'll do what we can. We'll ask the questions on this end, Mary. In the meantime, please do your best. Stay well. We'll, we'll see what we can do. All right. Thank you so much, and God bless you all. You too. Tell you what, let's take a break. We'll reset back after this. Listen to the Talk of the Town podcast anytime, anywhere on WAJR.com. And just to follow up there on Mary's call, here's the, the tough part. There's not a whole heck of a lot, if anything, the governor can do. This is when we're talking about the prison and down in uh, Glenville, down in Gilmer County. That's federal. That's a federal Bureau of Prisons decision. Um, I know Senator Manchin had a discussion with uh, Attorney General William Barr. I know Senator Capito's come out against it. I know the governor has come out against it. I, I don't know. I don't know what you do, except to keep asking uh, the questions. And, and Mike Nolting covered that protest for us on Saturday. You can see his story up at WAJR.com. Uh, the governor, and we didn't get to this with Brad McElhenney, but I think we can explain it in 500 words or less. Uh, the governor yesterday issued an executive order removing counties from the coronavirus hotspot list. That means Jackson, Kanawha, and Ohio counties are able to start the transition to the lessened restrictions that will start today. That start today, uh, the governor's safer-at-home order. If you recall, Sarah, well, I'm sure you do, Monongalia, Marion, and Harrison counties were all added to the hotspot counties list. Now, what that means is... According to the executive order, and I have the number here somewhere. I don't remember what it was. Uh, it gave county health departments some broad authority to implement stronger, more uh, stricter social distancing guidelines and uh, allow them to establish protocols, so on and so forth. Those remain in place, and that is important because the Safer at Home executive order and this week to reopening would allow for gatherings of up to 25 people and uh, relax some other different social distancing guidelines. If you are in our listening area, and if you're in Mon Marion or Harrison, you are in the listening area, obviously, that doesn't necessarily apply to you because you're a hotspot county. Remember uh, Harrison County had the uh, community spread 
what was that, a few weeks into mm-hmm. it. Of course, Monongalia County had first the Sundale Nursing Home outbreak. Uh, then came the news that, was it 20, what did Dr. Smith say on Saturday? 21, I think it was, it was 20-some WV students had come back from spring break with the virus. So Monongalia County very early on was designated a hotspot county. So what this means, and I'll try to give you the bullet points here. Uh, it wasn't here. Oh, here it is. Restrictions including limiting gatherings to no more than five people and directing all businesses to require employees to work from home as much as possible are still in place for Mon, mm-hmm. Marion, and Harrison counties. Um, reading from the release from the Montague County Health Department in particular here, uh, the order limits outdoor activities to a five-person gathering while maintaining social distancing of six feet apart. All essential businesses shall order their employees and or contractors to a ma- to the maximum extent possible to work from home or residence or otherwise work remotely. So those are still in place. Uh, we know about the uh, businesses that do remain open should establish an individual per square foot basis uh, as far as how many people can be in the establishment. Hold on, I know there's some more here. It's a long release. Um, businesses that remain open plan to limit staffing, implement social distancing practices, supply adequate disinfectant, provide protective barriers for employees. Uh, these can include safety glass, masks, plexiglass, shields, so on and so forth. My point is this. Not all of those uh, measures have been lifted. In fact, those are all still in place. Now, week two reopenings are allowed to move forward. So this week, churches will be permitted to hold services. Outdoor dining, although the weather's not going to cooperate there, would be permitted for restaurant owners who want to do that. Barbershops, nail salons, hair salons, those sorts of businesses, the small businesses, they can proceed with reopening, but keep in mind the stricter guidelines in place for Mon, Marion, Harrison counties. Now, those are going to remain in place until a new methodology is unro- or unveiled or unrolled, however you want to do it, Um, maybe later this week. They're trying to basically come up with a protocol to deal with hot spots and outbreaks as we continue this reopening. Because, I mean, let's face it, you may get an outbreak in Mon County. You may get that in the next few weeks. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Cabell County or Kanawha or, you know, pick your favorite county out of the 54 remaining, would need to stop the process of reopening. You may need to slow it down in Montague County, or it may even be a section of a county. We'll see that uh, as that rolls out later this week. But, uh, again, still hotspot counties, those social distancing guidelines still in place. Did, did all that make some yes, sort of sense? Yes, it does. And so this is important if you're a business owner or a manager or because this – what is happening for the state as a whole could be different for you in a hot spot area, which is our, for the most part, our listening area. That's what I'm just reiterating. Yes, I'm totally on board. Here, <laughs> we talked about this, I think, on Friday. I know it's a big ask. We're just asking, use a little common sense. Maybe a little more than usual, but that'll go a long way in the decision-making process. And you know what? I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's going to be up to you as the individual business owner, as the individual consumer, as just period the individual, 
When you feel comfortable going back to a restaurant or going back to the gym to work out when those reopen or going, you know, just out, it's going to be up to you to make that decision. Uh, the governor can't force you to. Let's see, we got time. You tell what, let's get in a break. We got a couple calls, got a couple, uh, we got a lot of text actually. I got to get to those. 950, we'll do it next. You're listening to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Metro News Talk Line, Hoppy Kirchival coming up next. I don't know where the caller went. Jim was hanging on there, and then he disappeared. All right. We do have a bunch of text. Shall we go to the text line, Sarah? Uh, Please do. Uh, Hey, Dave and Sarah, only groups of five are allowed in Montague County because we are a hotspot. Does that mean only five people allowed per small business and outdoor tables at restaurants while we are a hotspot? Good question. I don't know. But I will ask. We'll try to get you some answers. Uh, text Dave and Sarah Lowe's and Westover definitely practicing safe practices. Another big box store up the street was a cluster, you know what, and I immediately left because there was zero social distancing, very few masks, no carts getting wiped down. Uh, <laughs> here's a t- <laughs> None of the workers at Lowe's wear a mask, nor do very the, any of their customers. <laughs> I, I don't... Hey, what, what did you say? Everybody's going to have their own experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, another text. West Virginia should have done all of their own testing before they were allowed, uh, before they allowed even one of those inmates in. God bless them all. Again, you're dealing with the Federal Bureau of Prisons here, and that is a total, uh, another, another animal than uh, Department of Corrections. And I think what's been tough about this one is feeling like we haven't had much control over the situation as a state. I think that's where people are yeah. getting frustrated, including our senators. Uh, another text. Hey, Dave and Sarah, they can always pull those facilities and jobs and put them somewhere else. People want all the benefit and none of the risk. Uh, you know, I, wait, look, they've been work. Listen, those corrections officers have been at these facilities. They don't have cases of COVID-19, no coronavirus, and you're importing them. You're bringing it in with inmates you know have the virus. It's National Firefighters Day. Indeed it is. It's also Star Wars Day. We actually, uh, I will admit, um, I wouldn't call it the original because this is the remastered version from like 97, oh, but is it is it? on here in the studio. Yeah. Yes. Uh, da, Just da, 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 they da. removed Seinfeld to put on. It's very... It's not that we uh, sought it out. No, you're right. I don't know why you would ever run Star Wars over Seinfeld. Right. Ever. Right. But uh, (laughs) somebody made that programming decision. I've been reading... uh, Here's a text, 304 Talk 304. I've been reading more evidence that COVID and vitamin D deficiency are related. It's a coincidence that my doctor put me on a D supplement about six months ago. He told me D deficiency is almost universal. The body needs sunlight to synthesize it. Who gets less sunlight than nursing home residents? Hmm. Sarah, you're my resident health guru. Any you reading any of that information? You have heard me preach on here. Long I've heard you preach a lot this. of things that I don't vitamin pay attention D, to. I think vitamin D is crucial <laughs> to a healthy lifestyle, and I would agree. There's a lot of people out there that have a vitamin D deficiency. Do you get that? Is that do you get that from orange juice or is that C? That's C. <laughs> Where do I get D? The sunshine. 
And so if you are, to their point, staying out of the sunshine or you're you're truly staying inside consistently, such as our people in our nursing homes, there are supplements you can take. But I thought sun was bad for you. Some sun is absolutely necessary. All right, so I need some sun, but not too much sun. And that's not the only... So vitamins and minerals <laughs> only come from the sun and the soil. So you need sun to All right. get some of your... So if you're listening to Sarah... Vitamins. Go out in the sunshine without any sunscreen and eat some dirt, and you'll get your vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Don't... Okay, so let me stop. Don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Don't do any of that. Just go out. You know what? Sun's going to be hard to find this week, by the way. And again, there are vitamin D supplements. Supplements. And you can also get it in some of your foods, so... Some of your foods. Is there vitamin D in the red milk? The red milk? Well, there's the red, the blue, and the light blue. I'm not even following you. Well, right you now. know, you go to the grocery store, the, the red milk is the whole milk. Oh. And then and it says vitamin D on the carton. Is oh, that real vitamin D or is that sure. fake vitamin yeah, D? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. We're dairy free, so <laughs> I didn't even, I wasn't even following what you were saying. Oh, well. Uh, one more text. Talking isn't going to get this COVID-19 thing under control. The woman has no clue. Why not just sit at Big Sandy's? Oh, oh, never mind. Oh, no, wait a minute. Sit at Big Sandy's and ask for expert opinions on how Hazleton fits into the wider Bureau of Prisons system and ID plan. All right. Thanks to all of you who've called and texted today. We always appreciate it. We try to read as many of them as possible. Hoppy Kirch will come up next. Metro News Talk Line. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 9.06. Get the news of the day. At our website, go to WHR.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Dave and Sarah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.